Hi there, welcome to this week's edition of The Chase Apart. My name is Constance Hanakomu. Today, we chat to multi-talented broadcaster Anelim Doda, who's got another ace up her sleeve, and this time she dons the head of executive producer in Ludic, which is Netflix's first Afrikaans series. That five-year deal she inked with Prime Media Man that she describes as a win for all broadcasters, and as a cherry on top, her 20-year journey into the broadcasting space. Stay tuned. Umzansi Celeville is filled with flavor, but you know that or who secured the latest bag, or just who's dripping with sauce, and who's adding the spice. Because if it's hot, then it's definitely in the cheese pot. Uh, thank you so much, Anale, for your time. We're going to jump right into it. Just tell us how did Ludic come about and how did you get involved in the series? Um, so Ludic is being produced by my production company mm-hmm. that I'm the majority shareholder. So I'm the CEO, I'm the owner of Rose and Oaks. And then Francois, Frankie, who does the radio show with me, mm-hmm. uh, The Breakfast Club, he's the other part owner. And then another part owner is uh, Paul Bass, who I met five years ago through Frankie when we decided to start Rose and Oaks. Mm-hmm. And just to give you a bit of a background uh, to Rose and Oaks, we decided to start a production company because we wanted to come up with original concepts that then we could license across the world. So we've got two uh, original concepts and one, well, one is already flighted on Mzanzi Magic, Oh Baby, where we go around covering baby showers the same way weddings are covered, but... I just felt there was a need to celebrate mothers, if, even if they're not married, you know? Yeah. And so we did that. And it's and, and it was sponsored by Pampers. Long story, did very well. So that was our need. We just saw a gap in the market where we said we were constantly, you know, always taking concepts from overseas and then scaling them to fit the South African market. Mm-hmm. And I just felt that, you know, as, as a country in the last, say, six years, Mm-hmm. Really, the content has come from us to the rest of the world. So I also wanted to start selling our original concepts, right? Mm-hmm. So then um, so then Frankie was like, look, I've also been wanting to start a production company. And then Frankie was like, but there's a guy we need to meet because he's such an executionist. So I'm great at creative. So I come up with everything. Like I love coming up with shows and we're gonna, let's do this, let's do that. Mm-hmm. Frankie's great at being on the ground and directing them. And Paul is amazing mm-hmm. with creative because he's also got an after qualification. But Paul is also amazing at the entire like logistics of it. Paul can look at a show that I come up with. It's like, ah, it will cost us 4 million. Let's go find 4 million. That's his strength. So it was very important that, you know, the three of us come together and we started Rose and Oaks. Now, Paul had had written a script literally nine years ago with his writing partner, Anne-Marie. They started together at AFTA and they'd panel beaten the script and they'd changed it and what and what. And then finally, the time came for the script to, you know, to make it into people's homes. And mm-hmm. it was such a lovely, seamless, um, you know, uh, uh, partnership with Netflix that happened. And they read it and they loved it. And also they, they realized that we've, they, you know, this is such a great way to launch, you know, Afrikaans original concepts that are going to live on the Netflix platform. Because, mm. you know, there is a huge Afrikaans speaking market in the country that, you know, that they hadn't really catered to that, but it was always in their plans. This is what I love. 
always in their plans and it's such a blessing and an honor that they picked us to partner with you know to to launch this new site for them mm. you just given us a brief history on how your production company started has it always been a, a passion or a dream of yours to venture into the world of producing i mean we've seen you on tv radio you present was this like a natural fit for you definitely a natural fit uh, definitely a natural fit i mean i'm not as um you know, as skilled when it comes to scripted and, you know, there's a difference between unscripted and scripted. So I, my forte is talk shows, reality shows, game shows and all of that. Now that's unscripted. Whereas Paul is really strong at scripted. And that's why it's so nice to have somebody who's my yin to my yang, right? And Frankie fits right in the middle where mm-hmm. he plays the, you know, the, we call him the canoe. He's the canoe between my heavy creativeness and Paul's like logistics and all of that. And, you know, sticking to, to barriers and, I've always wanted to produce ever since I was an Oprah fan, because by the time the Oprah Winfrey show came to South Africa, you must remember she was already itching towards being the executive producer. Because for a long time, it was called the Oprah Winfrey show. That's not when she owned it. It was called Oprah. That's when Ah. she became one of the owners of it. So as from like 11 to about 14 years old, I can't be clear on the exact dates, but I was always aware of the transition of hers. And that's why it was never my plan to run in any show I'm on. I want to be executive producer. Hmm. I wanted to bide my time and be on as many sets as possible, you know, learn as much from directors and from executive producers. And I was also blessed to have uh, Colleen Irvin, who uh, was the owner of Rapid Blue, who did Strictly Come Dancing, Essence Got Talent and all of that. And, um, you know, right now it's Family Feud and all of that. To have her take me under her wing and constantly check on me. It's like, what are you thinking now? What are you doing now? So when I finally did start my own production company, you know, it was it, it was necessary. I remember registering Anelim Daughter Productions and really never did anything because to be fair, I wasn't ready. And it's such a lesson mm-hmm. to everyone yeah. that, you know, just because you may feel you are powerful enough to get into certain rooms. You know, just wait until the talent reaches the power because yeah. all have power, but get the talent to reach the power True. and then you'll see magic happen. And I think with Ludic, this is absolute blockbuster international <laughs> magic. Mm. And what is Ludic about? Because I mean, the press just says, I forgot to see this. I'm like, yeah, but what is it about? I know this in there. So what is it about? Don't even worry. Don't even worry about like Afrikaans series. It's actually so 50-50. It's like English Afrikaans. But I mean, yeah. like every other show that Netflix has released that yeah. became a worldwide phenomenon. Let's talk Money Heist. Let's talk yeah. Squid Games. Uh-huh. You know, uh, so many shows have come and they, they were not English and they were so successful. Mm. Subtitles will be our friends, guys. Okay. <laughs> now, Ludic is literally, I, I look at it like an Ozark. You know, yeah. it's a thriller. There's money involved. There's there's laundering. So basically, Ludic is a guy, Don Ludic. He oh, yeah. He's a self-made millionaire, very self-assured. You don't mess with him. He runs a, a, a furniture company with a bit of undertone of a dubious activity. So he also like transports diamonds across the border and all of that, because it's easy because mm. he's transporting couches anyway. Mm. Another bigger mafia guy gets wind of this and then kind of forces Ludwig into a deal that he can't refuse because of something that's been held over his head and says, now you're going to transport arms for me as well. Mm-hmm. And I'll leave it there. All righty. And how was it like working with Arnold? I know that in South Africa, that guy is, we marvel at his work. Um, we saw yeah. him on that recent film um, on Netflix. Silverton Siege. Silverton Siege. Yeah, I love him in that. Yeah. You know, he is, 
Firstly, Arnold is an absolute talent who's worked with everyone, known in Hollywood, very much respected. And then also back to that thing I was saying about how, you know, your talent reaches your power. Like Arnold is the power and my talent came up because when I was growing up, Arnold was in the mummy, guys. Arnold is the mummy, you know, with Brandon Frazier. Yeah. So to, to work with, for somebody like that, to say, I, I love the script and he really loves it. I remember at our rap party where we had the cast and the crew and everyone and we made a bribe for them and Boiki. He was just so excited. He's like, this is something that I've never seen before. There was such a, an energy and a vibe and a spirit on set. And everyone in the cast, from the sound to the lighting, to the makeup, to the wardrobe, you know, he just felt all of them. There was just this energy on set that you, we couldn't explain what it was, right? Mm-hmm. And the best thing about Arnold is he's such a, a leader. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be character A, right? He's character A. He's Arnold Vosloo. Well done. Mm-hmm. But he's such a leader. He almost wants everyone on the set to be grown by him because he's done so much in the world. Mm. And now he understands how, how big of a moment this is for so many of the kids who just graduated. I mean, we yeah. had kids on set who just graduated and emailed us, tweeted us, Instagrammed us and begged for jobs. And, out. and I'm very big on teaching. Like, and that's why if you look at the TV shows that I do, they're very much about finding talent, honing it, and then throwing it into the world. Miss mm. Essay, The Voice, Essay's Got Talent, all of that. Like, I'm very big on teaching. Mm. So to find someone like Arnold, who is not only so talented, that every actor and actress on the set grew in his scenes with him, mm. but he, he doesn't sleep on the lighting, guys. Like, you know what you must do? <laughs> Tanya, let me tell you, you know, what you must do, try the, that's beautiful because you, yeah. it, no one can get that. And I just feel we're in a place in the world where everyone is so like, this is me, this is my talent. It, it's, it must benefit me. Whereas mm-hmm. Arnold is so comfortable in who he is that he's like, this is me, this is my talent, but come on, let's all rise in it. Even us as producers, you know, we rose in it. Like he would tell us, he's like, you know what? You must be on set more often because people love it when they see you guys, you know? Mm. And, you know, and, and now where, where in the world do you find somebody who wants to see you win like that? And it's not like, what's my next job? What's my next job? What's my next job? And when you watch Ludic, you're going to see that everybody came together and we all just stood in a moment in time and just created like a magical piece of TV. That's amazing. Um, and in approaching Netflix, are you very specific in that route or did you approach other... Uh, channels as well or were you gunning for Netflix specifically? Look personally I was gunning for Netflix naturally as a producer you have to speak to as many people as possible because you know Netflix can't say no because Netflix only puts the best of the best (laughs) on their platform right? So you need to understand that your ducks have to be in a row Mm -hmm. but it was so lovely because Netflix also does this thing where they say you know the earlier you bring a concept to us the earlier we can also bring our expertise to the table and help you in in growing it which is what I loved about them. So we did speak to to other channels and other and other platforms but what I noticed is every other platform was too niche you know so you can go to a cake net but then it's only going to benefit the cake net market you know you can go to but with Netflix it's literally the entire world it is everyone and it's so important that we can we include the Afrikaans community and families into the entire world because up until now they've been watching and from the outside and you know you haven't been really represented but you're still enjoying the titles that are on mm. so so like i said yes you go to other people but you know where your heart belongs you know <laughs> where you want your title to be on yeah and it was announced that you signed a five-year deal with prime media you now are going to host me it's like i really have so much going like 
on your plate? Where do you get the time? And, you know, what does this five-year deal mean for you in terms of longevity in the industry? You know, people don't believe me when I say I sleep so much. I am such really? a sleeper like you? you should see my room. My room looks like a boutique hotel because I spend so much time in there that it has to be the prettiest room in the world. So I sleep yeah. a lot, but I'm also quite strategic. When I'm on, I'm on, you know, like I, I wake up at, at 20 past four in the morning to be at work, mm-hmm. you know, to do this, to do the breakfast show. So I, I balance things and I really only commit to projects that mean a lot to me. If it's not, mm-hmm. if it's not speaking to me and if I can't, if I can't feel it, that I can either grow in it, excel in it, or, mm-hmm. you know, be the best at it. I just, I don't bother doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's nice because, you know, it's, I've always said your career is not built on the things you say yes to your career is built on the things you say no to. So yeah, it's very important for people to know that some things just let them go. They're not yours, you know? Yeah. So, so, th- you know, that's the best. And when it comes to that five-year contract, it's so funny because I was like so embarrassed to talk about it. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I like, I don't know. You, I, like everyone's got a little bit of imposter syndrome in them. Absolutely. And luckily I've got like, um, I've got strong ways to break a negative pattern. So I thought that I don't think negatively of myself, mm-hmm. but I've got strong, like, you know, patterns that break any negativity that comes into my head. Mm. And, and, and so when it first came out, this thing, and I was already overseas, and, and, and then they announced it. I didn't even post it. I was so embarrassed. I was like, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> why, is there, why are they announcing this? Even me going on a break, I didn't want yeah. them to announce it. I was like, can't I just slip out on Friday and Quite. come back three months later? They were like, no, we can't. You are literally like the most important podcaster in the country. Like, yeah, we can't. So, then I was like, stop with the fanfares. Enough with the parties. Stop <laughs> all of this. Just like, can we just get on with it? Yeah. But ultimately... You know, that five-year contract means a lot for broadcasters in the country because there are many industries that are not protected in this country. Mm-hmm. Domestic workers, you know, mm-hmm. taxi drivers, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's just such, we, we just like this casual labor and we don't deserve benefits and we don't mm-hmm. deserve guarantees and you can be here today and gone tomorrow. And, you know, Prime Media taking that stand and saying, we're no longer going to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, have, we, we have seen that, Without our talent, we were absolutely no one. Mm. And, and you know, it, 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 there's a parallel. It speaks to Netflix as well. I just feel yeah. like the way that Netflix has treated us is a way that I feel I haven't been treated when, when, when presenting content by any other broadcaster. Mm. It's just like you are the one bringing content. So you are the one that's important because mm. you are the one telling stories in territories that we want to dominate, mm. you know? You know, so it's... It's very important to for us to show anyone coming to the industry that, you know, the tides are changing. It breaks my heart when you find people in on radio or TV, singers, musicians, drums, drummers, bands, especially after COVID saying, if my kids ever say they want to go into art, I'm going to say no, because I have a different view. Yeah. I believe if my child wants to say they're going to art, then it is my absolute job to make sure that I leave the arts and entertainment industry perfect for him so that when he enters he's not dealing with yeah. the nonsense that I had to deal with the uncertainty will I have a job will I get fired on Monday when I you know when I left on Friday Friday you must pack up all your stuff because you don't know if on Monday they'll be like you know what don't come back we've got another person doing a show so that five-year contract it screamed that 
for every other broadcaster in the country that guys, yes, it's my, it's me signing, but I believe it's all our victory. And please be as tenacious as me and please be as brave as me and almost abrasive as me when it comes to getting what you deserve. Because if you don't put the mic on, if you're not in front of the camera, what are they going to put there? That whole thing, like you can be replaced immediately. Yeah. If you're not doing your job, but if you're excelling, the other party must meet you halfway. And I really believe that Prime Media did. Now you're celebrating, or oh, you are, oh, have been in the industry for 20 years in broadcasting. You know, that's a milestone and a half. Um, what do you love the most about being a broadcaster? And what do you find most fulfilling about being a broadcaster? So I wouldn't be able to answer that question authentically if I hadn't taken the three months off, right? Yeah. Before that, I think I was just giving you guys catchphrases when you asked, oh, I love the, you know, the instancy of radio and I love the, the glamour of TV and I like stories, yeah. you know, like those, like, what do they call them? Vox Pops. I would just yeah. give Vox Pops and guys would be happy you'd print it. Yeah. But after taking three months off, I really realized that uh, what I do is uh, a, a service. It's a huge service to the country. It's, yeah. it's my job to put you in a good mood, but make sure that you're informed. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and make sure that I leave you a better person for the next person, Yeah, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's almost, and, and I appreciate that. And, and being off, I, I just miss telling the stories uh, um, because I'm the person where if something's going to happen, it's going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. So I always have a story to tell, you know, and mm-hmm. putting the mic down just allowed me to live the stories without wanting to tell them immediately. Mm. To know that I've got the stories, but to also just return to self and to live the stories as my own mm. so that I can have a deeper well to dig from when it's time to face the next 20 years of my broadcasting career. And I mean, what were some of the lessons that you took with you while you were overseas, now you're back? But if you were to briefly maybe compare, you know, the trends they here, are we the same? Are we different? What it is that you took away from all of that experience? Oh my God, I've, I've got so much, but I think, let me give you, let me try to give you three. Mm-hmm. The one is, you know, the States are so much better at working with people that they don't think deserve to be on TV or radio. So oh. there's this huge notion like, Oh, she's just a sleigh queen. What does she know? Right. Yeah, yeah. Which is immediately you cutting off someone who could benefit your entire project, mm. but not necessarily as the main deal of the project. Yeah. You know, you can always use what, what they bring, which is sometimes popularity, which mm. is sometimes following, which yeah. is sometimes pure beauty. Just I came here to be hot, guys. <laughs> I'm nothing else but hot. Yeah. And we're so quick to, as an industry in South Africa, so so quick to want to tell people why they don't deserve to be somewhere instead of trying to exploit how we can make it worth our while that they actually did make it into the room. Yeah, I think we should we should interrogate that one a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is we are really content at being the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of, I, I was fortunate enough to have a meeting with one of the, you know, the biggest agents in Hollywood, uh, she's, she works at William Morris Entertainment and she was like, you know, when I look at South African actresses, I can't speak for the men because like um, I haven't really gotten any of their stuff on my desk, but she's like, mm-hmm. you just like, they're all the same. It's the contour and it's the makeup and it's the wigs <laughs> to the back of the stuff. And I go into their pages and no one is posting their work. Yeah. You know, no one is posting themselves in that serious scene. No one is, no one is posting a title that they are. No one is saying, 
you know, I'm on Netflix, you know, come see this, come see that. Outside of being pushed by Netflix to post or by the PR department of Netflix, like, it's, it's like you need to take a certain pride in your body of work and not necessarily just in your body, mm. you know? And that was something else. She's like, when I go onto your page, I need to know what you do. Mm. Not, you know, like I need to know, oh, Lonia Act. Okay, mm. oh, Lothar Redwin, you know? And she was like, and I just wish you, you'd embrace what you look like and not embrace what the current standard of beauty is. It kind of hit me and I was like, oh my God, she's so right because I'm, yeah. so, I'm close to so many actresses and you're right, when I go into their pages, it's like, it's beautiful. It's like, it's like the Maldives. Curated, yeah. <laughs> nah, it's, but that's the thing, I stop with the curation. Stop <laughs> with the curation. Like, trust me, stop with the curation because you know what curation does? It's pretty yeah. and it's perfect, yeah. but no one can see your essence. Absolutely. Absolutely no one. You know, there's that girl in... In Ozark, and she plays Ruth in Ozark, mm-hmm. and she's just been tipped to play Madonna. And watch me, that girl is on. I've, I've tweeted it. She's an Oscar waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know anything about. I don't see where she's posting. I don't know, but what I know is, yay, we are performing there. Mm-hmm. When it's time to act, that girl is acting. And then she played. Um, she played. Uh, that 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 showman. That's where she in, inventing Anna. What? Um, the Shonda Rhimes did it. It's on Netflix. Uh, she played that the, the girl was a German heir and she was scamming people. Uh, uh, inventing, I think it's inventing Anna. It's called it's inventing Anna. Yes. Yes. She yes. also played her. You know. So every time you see her, you are being hit with her craft. Mm. So this woman was like, just hit me with your craft the whole time. You know. And then another thing that I picked, I, 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 I was, I, I ran into was that. At times, the bar is very low in South Africa to enter mm-hmm. the entertainment industry, mm-hmm. which is fine. But when you get in, you need to paddle like hell. Mm-hmm. You need to spend more time working because by the time you enter the, when you enter the entertainment industry, like in the States, like, and, and you're there to last forever. You're yeah. there to last for long. You've been in a, you've been in a writer's room. You know, like all these talk show hosts, like the Conan O'Briens, the the Steve Colbays, the Trevor Noahs, <laughs> the Jimmy Fallons, the the Jimmy Kimmels, yeah. the David Lettermans, the Jay Leno's. If you look at their trajectory to where they got, they've been at in so many smaller places that to us it's like, oh, new face, congratulations, here you are. Meanwhile, they've been grinding for twenty years, and I think it's so important to grind for as long as you want to be there. So if you want to be there for twenty years, then grind for twenty years. So I really believe my first 20 years in this industry was me grinding and it then set me up to properly belong in the industry for the next 20 years. Wow, that is very profound. Thank you so much, Anele, for your time. Thank you, thank you. I really appreciate it. <laughs> thank you so much. You better press play on Ludic. Please write there in your summer time. That you must, people must go into Netflix now and press Ludic, search for Ludic, and then there's a bell there. Press that bell. That bell will remind you on the 26th of August. That bell will remind you that it is showtime. <laughs> Thank you so much. We will, we will see. Look, 26, don't miss it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Constance. Bye bye. <laughs>